Luke chapter 4. While you're turning there, I wanted to encourage you, if you want to, come out to mentoring tomorrow night. And uh, I don't even fully have uh, settled yet what I'm going to share in my part. But uh, I just have this sense about me it's going to be a, not just that, but the whole semester is going to be a powerful time for those that come, for all of us. It always is, but just seems to me something special. And I'm not trying to hype it, I'm just being honest. And, um, you know, because in mentoring, you know, I'm, I'm in doing my thing here, ministering, preaching, teaching, flowing with the Spirit, whatever He wants me to do. We do that in the back in, um, in mentoring too. But a lot of times I just get to talk and share. And there's, there's a place for that too. And there's a lot of things that I see and observe, observe that and just you haven't had an opportunity to talk about that I'm hoping to get to talk about. And uh, these, are, these are weighty times we're living in. And sure, certainly no time to be out of the will of God, no time to quit on God, no time to yield to sin. And uh, I believe time is shorter than all of us realize. And uh, so anyway, it starts tomorrow night. We'll be meeting in the new um, children's church room and uh, 6.30. And uh, I don't know how many I'm expecting online, but it'll be more than last semester, I think, two or three. Yeah, so we're, we're excited about... Uh, the Zoom feature, people around the world can, can chime in and ask questions and all that. Don't forget that we are going to provide you an opportunity to ask me. You can ask me anything you want. I might say, that's none of your business. <laughs> but you can ask me. And, uh, you know, or you might, you might ask me a question and I might say, I don't know. Ask David. I just don't know. Ask him. And, uh, but we have a great time. And uh, that's going to be great. And then don't forget, men, Friday night. Friday night. Chili cook-off, right here, and we're going we're gonna to eat chili and hot dogs, and, uh, and then uh, we're all going to get healed of indigestion and all that <laughs> in, the, in our ministry time, <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, we're going to have a time of praise and worship together, men, and, uh, and then I'm going to minister out of my heart. I've got some of my spiritual sons that are coming. It's going to be a good time, Amen. and uh, we, all the guys, your sons, uh, everybody's invited. It's going to be a good time, so praise God. Did you find Luke? Yes, sir. Luke chapter 4. What seemed good to me tonight was to minister again on the subject of practical prosperity. Amen. Practical prosperity. I have learned, uh, being around the Dufresnes and others and just being around God, I've learned to embrace the word both. So many times the answer is not if, it can be both, if you think right. I think it was Bo Jackson back in the 90s. And uh, coming out of college, he was much sought after as a baseball player, a pro baseball player, and an NFL player. And someone asked him, I'm just going to make up some numbers, you know, I think, uh, I think baseball was offering him something like $40 million, and the NFL was offering him something like 12 or $18 million. I don't know what it was, let's just say it was $18 million. And the reporter said, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to do $40 million and play baseball, or are you going to do $18 million and play football? And he said, yes. <laughs> he said, both. Amen. And uh, when it comes to prosperity, we need to embrace both sides of the coin. There is a natural path that, and they're still in sync and in line with spiritual laws 
that God put in place, and even just natural laws that God put in place. You know, God's a spiritual God, but He created, how I many you know, the law of gravity, the law of thermodynamics, those are what we call natural, observable, scientific laws. But where do they come from? Who set those in motion? God did, right? Amen. And so there are natural, practical, uh, three-dimensional, everyday things that are wisdom from God that we need to pay attention to. And if we don't, amen, amen. we will be greatly hindered in life financially and materially. And that has a cascading effect. You know, a lot of people, uh, they, uh, they don't eat good food because they don't have the money to eat good food. They don't take care of themselves by getting their, their regular dental checkups and preventative medical care, and they let things go longer than they should. Why? Because they're thinking about the money. I'm telling you. Amen. And there is just a, uh, the, the effect of financial stress and lack on a family, on a mind, on a marriage. Uh, I always cover this in premarital counseling. One of the things we spend a lot of time talking about is finances because one-third of divorces in the United States occur today because of financial pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And another third of divorces occur because of um, sin and breaches or dissatisfaction in the sexual arena. So it's just, uh, it's just amazing. You know, if you get money right and sex right, then you've, got two -third, you, you've wiped out your chances of getting divorced by two-thirds statistically. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 So anyway, but there is also divine laws. There is the supernatural principles of giving and receiving and faith and I'm going to say it, naming it and claiming it and believing for it and praying for it and standing for it and it coming to pass and supernatural debt cancel, all kinds of things. I, which do we have to? It's both. I believe in both. You should believe in both, and we should learn about both and excel in both. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord has in us has, has me highlighting some of the practical things that we need to know about that will aid us and help us in our financial lives, in our material lives. Amen. Amen. And we're going to talk about that again tonight, Lord willing. So in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, I want to just for time's sake read it from the Amplified Translation, so yours might... Uh, read a little bit different. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus is reading a passage from Isaiah, but He's declaring it over Himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, the Anointed One, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel, to the poor. I just, I like that. The first thing Jesus declared that He was anointed to do had to do with bringing good news to poor people. Yeah. Amen. And uh, so, praise God, He cares about that part of our life. He has sent me to announce, now I want you to notice this, release to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and the acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Come on, we're living in that day. And our Lord, our Savior, the captain of our salvation, our big brother, amen. He is anointed. 
He is anointed to do all these things. And really, prosperity is the bread on, the, on both sides of the sandwich here. He begins talking about his anointing to prosperity, and he ends talking about something he's anointed to do with prosperity. This, this whole thing about proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord, the acceptable year of the Lord is the year of Jubilee. And Jubilee has not been practiced. I heard Billy Brim say, she's kind of a Christian expert on Jewish things and the nation of Israel and prophetic things. She said that uh, Israel has not kept the practice of Jubilee since the destruction of the last temple. So about 2,000 years ago. But in the keeping, if they really kept God's law as He gave it, the longest I can find that God is okay with His people being in any sort of debt is seven years. He said every seven years there is to be a release. A release from debt. But then when you get to the year of Jubilee, oh man, I mean, it's just a, I mean, slaves, every form of bondage, uh, land that was lost, inheritances, it was, it was all restored. Amen. Well, the nation of Israel might not be uh, regarding and, and practicing Jubilee, but Jesus is still practicing Jubilee. Amen. He is still proclaiming Jubilee for our lives today. And so another thing that I want you to see here is that he is anointed to, to bring release to the captives. So anything that might be holding you captive, he wants you released from that. And he is anointed, amen, to bring that about. Glory to God. If you are some held in, some, somehow held in captivity because of prior abuse or your past or, or maybe to an addiction or to a bad habit, if you just come to Him, He's got an anointing on you to break that chain, set you free, uh, get you out from behind those prison bars. Come on. Amen. Set you free. Yes, but the Lord put it on my heart uh, to talk to us tonight about being set free from the captivity of debt. Amen. Is this going to be okay? Amen. Uh, go to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Uh, debt, I want to show you, debt is a form of bondage. Debt is a form of bondage. Now maybe you're here and you are completely debt free. Praise God. Good for you. Amen. I am not, but I am heading that way. I am not, and I'm headed that way. And, you know, some of the debt I have, I have because God told me to do it. Uh, you know, this building, to build it, to buy the land, to pay the architect. I mean, I haven't had it, everybody added up, you know, frequently. But I think the last time we did, it was, it's just, I mean, we've been spending a lot of money since I asked for this last, but, you know, 2.3 million, I think, last time. Amen. Well, when we left Jackson Street, there was not two and two two and a half million dollars in the congregation freed up for us to build this building debt-free. And in most churches, unfortunately, it's that way. Amen. But we all as a body, we need to be coming up higher and moving towards God's best. Amen. Because there is a quick work in the earth to do. 
And it's going to take masses, mass amounts of money and resources to get this harvest in before the Lord comes. And uh, He is very interested in getting us set free from the bondage of debt. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Proverbs 22, 7. Notice what it says. It says, the rich rule over the poor. You probably didn't need that scripture for you to understand that. But that's what the Bible backs it up. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. You know, I don't get to just leave Paducah and be gone and be gone forever and forget about things. Why? I, I signed a paper and I made a commitment to a man that's become a friend of mine and, and to his board that approved our loan for this church. Amen. And uh, come weather, come no weather, come attendance up or down, you know, we owe it. I owe it. Amen. That's why nobody, none of y'all should have a problem, you know, not being in charge. I'm just telling you because they're not coming after you, sweetie. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so I carry, it's not a burden, and I have God's oath and promise, and He's been so wonderfully faithful, and we're not going to have this debt forever. Amen. Amen. And we are enjoying the building and doing the work of the kingdom. And thank God that we can. We had the credit, finally, and the ability to go and get the loan and yeah. be able to do what we've needed to do and marching forward and paying our bill earlier on time every month. Amen. Amen. But I have, I have that obligation. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, if, if God were to tell me, give this building away, I can't do that today. I said, I can't do that today. What if God told you to give your car away? Well, you couldn't if you owe a note on it. Because it's not yours. We call it ours, but it's not. Amen. So... Debt is a form of servitude and bondage. Now there can be uh, now some people take this message to the extreme to try to say that uh, debt of any kind and any sort is a sin. That that's not right. That can't be right. You want to know why? Uh, do you know that even Jesus, even for the most temporary times, borrowed? He borrowed a donkey to go in on Jerusalem. He borrowed an upper room, amen, to have his last supper. He, he borrowed Peter's boat. Yep. He, sure did. he sure did. He lived in houses, ate food that he didn't pay for and wasn't his. Yeah, amen. But then also part of the covenant that we've been engrafted into talks about that God will make us the lender and not the borrower. But that, that tells us that borrowing in and of itself cannot be a sin because God's not going to bless us to aid and abet someone in sinning by borrowing. Right. He just wants His people, come on, in the lending position, certainly not the begging position. Amen. How many of you, how many of you guys... Uh, if it ever came into your heart, go with Pastor Chris to India. But you can't go 
You can't go. Why? Because you can't afford to take off that amount of time. And quitting your job is not an option. Because you got bills landing in your mailbox every month, just like I do mine. But yet, if that was something God wanted you to do, do you see how that's captivity? The debt limits our ability and our freedom to go where God might want us to go and do what God might want us to do. And we have got to catch a vision, if nothing else tonight. We've got to catch a vision coming up to another level. Amen. That there is a higher place than most Americans, most Christians live, that God has made available for all who will reach for it, believe for it, work toward it, and go that way. Amen. Amen. Go to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. How many of you got some debt you'd like the Lord to smite and get, get rid of that debt? Amen. Me too. How many of you, you'd, be a lot, you'd have a lot more options in your life if you didn't have the debt you have? No mortgage, no credit card debt, right? No medical debt, no tax debt, right? No vehicle debt. That your income is your income. Hallelujah. Come on, this sounds good to me. I like this message already. Proverbs chapter 6. Look at verse 1. It says, My son, if you be surety for your friend, if you have stricken your hand with a stranger, you are snared. Now we grab verse 2 because we like what it says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken captive by the words of your mouth. And that's true, and we preach on that. But in context, what you're snared in is a commitment to back up somebody's loan if they don't pay. That's what he's talking about. If you read that in more modern translations, if you strike somebody's hand and you make a deal, and you sign yourself as a guarantor on a note for a buddy or for a friend, or God forbid, a stranger, how many of you know that's the height of dumbness? Don't do that. Don't obligate yourself. I don't care for any reason. Charity, guilt, shame, whatever. Amen? The Bible does, it teaches that you should not guarantee the note of a friend or a stranger. Amen. Because uh, if they don't pay, one translation says in another place, the, the lender will come take your bed right out from underneath you. To sell it and pay that note off. Amen. And so he's saying you're, the snare is the debt commitment you just took on. The risk that you just took on. Amen. So debt is a form of bondage. Amen. God's highest and best is that we don't need to have any debt. Amen. And that we have enough, we could lend out. Now the fact that you and I hardly know anybody walking in that doesn't mean that that's not God's standard. Remember the mandate, one of the mandates on this ministry is to lift the standard. 
And it may, this may sound far out of reach tonight, but we're never going to make progress. We're never going to have any hope of attaining that if we don't preach the standard as it is. Amen? You don't have to go there, but Romans 13, 8 is, is just a wonderful phrase, a verse that uh, Paul uh, recorded of something that Paul said that outlines God's best. And it says, Owe no man anything except to love him. Now, Brother Copeland, when he read that, and he, would, he had committed to be a doer of everything he read, he didn't know that was in there when he made that commitment, but then he went into Miss Gloria, and they were dreaming about having a home and, and all of that, like we all do, and she, he just said, well, honey, we, we're never, we, never going to borrow money again for nothing. Now, in her mind, she probably thought what you might think, I can't ever have a house. Because who, who gets a house without a loan? But they stuck to their commitment in their ministry and in their personal life. And I mean, the fruit of that is so evident. Hallelujah. Amen. And they just took what we would call an extreme commitment to every phrase in the Word. But God proved that He was able to lift His man, His woman up to that, up to that place. Amen. You know, Dr. Jerry Savelle, he's debt-free. Been debt-free since the beginning. Amen. But he said when he first heard Brother Copeland quote Romans 13, 8, he was dead up, up to his eyeballs in every arena of his life. Amen. But he said in a matter of months, God gave them a strategy and helped them. They were debt-free and they lived debt-free all these years. Amen. I just believe that there's something in these last moments that there's, there's a wonderful move of God's grace in the earth, not just in salvation, not just in revival, not just in healing, but in bringing deliverance to His people financially to free them up in a supernatural way that we can go where God tells us to go, do what God tells us to do, fund what God tells us to fund, and not have all of our money tied up, amen, in interest and payments and notes and bills, amen. And we're walking the floor worried and all of that. Amen? So there's a supernatural flow that God's able to bring. But there's a lot of natural things that we need to do, amen, to cooperate with this flow. Amen. A lot of us, and I've been there, we've made messes of our finances. Amen. Say amen or oh me. Praise God, I only have one message tonight. Amen. You know, now I believe and I preach, even wrote a book, writing another one right now, on prosperity, Bible prosperity. But listen, in the body of Christ, there's a lot of false prosperity. There's a lot of Christians that hear and believe the prosperity message, and they want everyone in the church and everyone in their life to know and think that they're living Bible prosperity. But it's fake. It's false. Their credit cards are racked up. You know, their car's nice and they look nice, but they don't ever give in the building. I'm just giving examples, talking in generalities, all right? But they, if you knew the financial report, and I don't, but, you know, it would just show that they don't, they don't give. Why? Because they can't. Visa's getting all their offerings. Dillard's is getting all their offerings. 
Amen. And there's a, I've, I've seen it among preachers. Where uh, that was one of the things in the, in the latter years that became kind of a hit against, uh, you know, a, a lot of the, what you want to call the leaders of the Word of Faith movement. It really became kind of a fashion contest. I, I, wasn't, I was in the meetings, but I wasn't in the know. But I've, I've, I know people now who were in that time, and they kind of get people to look, other ministers would look, at, look down on other ministers if they ever saw them in a, a repeat tie wearing. Listen, that's not what prosperity is all about. Never being seen in the same tie. Amen? That's not Bible prosperity. Keeping up with the Joneses. Buying stuff you don't even want. That you don't need. That you can't afford. That's not Bible prosperity. You look real nice. You come in and say amen. But don't, you can't go have ice cream. That's not Bible prosperity. Amen? Amen. Bible prosperity is where you are where you are and you're prosperous in God. He made you wealthy because you're part and you have an inheritance. Glory to God. But you just are where you are. Amen. And you shop where you shop and you go where you go. But you're not staying there. You're coming up higher. Amen. Amen. And you're not interested in putting up false fronts. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So you've got to resist those kind of things. There's just no place. You want God to get involved. You want, uh, you want your prosperity to be real. You know, one thing I've learned about God is He demands honesty and utmost sincerity, and He despises all things false. Yep, that's right. Amen. 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 Praise God. You know, Brother Keith Moore talked about many examples of uh, he found out later people wanted to invite he and his wife over for dinner, but didn't because the gap between where they were and where Brother Keith was living was so far, they were ashamed. They were embarrassed. Come on, that's, that's not right. Amen? Clean it, sweep it, paint it, keep it neat, declutter it. But that's your place. That's right. Amen. 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 Y'all don't be false around me. Amen. And I'm not going to be false around you. Amen. I don't like that. Amen. I've been at the I've been I've been I've been a renter and I've been an owner and now I own multiple home and you know all that whatever. But I just I just am who I am. I love Jesus and I'm interested in the plan of God and I do like things like is normal and we all should. And, but we should all just learn to just come up. That's right. Amen. 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 So you just be free, amen, from all that lust of money and falseness. Yes. Amen. Well, let's talk about some things, praise God, uh, about the natural side of uh, tackling and unwinding this problem of debt. Uh, in my new book, I'm going to put out a, a, an update of statistics on uh, where the United States is, where the world is in debt. But you know the average college graduate uh, graduates with about $29,000 of debt uh, on average, and it takes them about that long to pay it off. Amen. Right? It's... You know, it's just a, a huge thing. And so we'll have a lot of those statistics out there. 
And, uh, but uh, some of this I got from uh, uh, Dr. Sum, uh, Savelle's material, so I'll give him credit for some of that. If you guys didn't get uh, these prosperity journals and notes, there's three volumes of it. I got all three. Oh, man, I'm telling you, they're just wonderful. Okay? Amen. So let's just get, let me throw out a few nuggets at you, some things to, so that you can know and be stirred up about and think about. First of all, God did not author the faith life and the promise, the covenant of prosperity, as a bailout program for your bad decisions. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We're just not free to be ignorant and undisciplined on the natural side so that we can come to church and release our faith and make some declarations as a bailout for being a bad steward naturally. The kind of miracles I want God to do for me materially and financially are because they're not mercy miracles. Thank God I've experienced some mercy miracles financially. I just heard one of the most outlandish testimonies of, I won't tell it to you, about miracle mercy in the area of finances that I've ever heard last night. It, but it's just not my business to tell it. So, it, And thank God for that. But the miracles I want, I want the miracles that God does for me are miracles of reward, miracles of promotion, and miracles because I'm moving with the plan of God. Amen. Supply came easy to Jesus because he's moving with the plan of God. When he needed an upper room furnished, he got one. When he needed a donkey, there was one provided. Amen. He's moving with the plan of God and provision is flowing with him. Amen. And that's the kind of flow I want to be in. Faith, prayer, prosperity, sowing, reaping, tithing. It's not to bail you out because you're failing on the natural side. Amen. All right, and so I want to quote some things from uh, uh, page 192 and 193 from Volume 1 and uh, from Dr. Seville. So, number one, he says, Once we've earned money, God expects us to be good stewards of it. He's watching uh, what we do with the money that we've earned and that is put into our hand. Money is like time. You can either use it wisely or waste it. Listen to this, number three. The real secret to a wonderful future. Now you might think he's going to say something spiritual. The real secret to a wonderful future is to make saving and investing a priority in your life. Get in the habit of putting something away on the day you get paid. Being a good steward involves the following. One, tithing. Two, offerings. Three, saving and investing. Uh, number four, paying your fixed expenses on time. Covering a, uh, number five, covering essential expenses like your food, fuel, and utilities. And then F, being a good steward. Uh, in, or number six, involves paying extra on your loans and mortgages to pay them off quickly and to reduce the interest that you pay. Amen. Amen. Then he says this, There is a foundational principle in sports that if you're not winning games, go back to the basics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then he says, If you are not winning, amen, financially, you need to go back to the basics. And then he makes this statement, Don't spend more than you earn. That's pretty foundational, right? Don't spend more than you earn, and don't consume all you earn. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
Then he says this, To become and remain prosperous, you must commit a substantial amount of your money to savings and investments and continue to do that without fail. Now, I've heard him preach. I've got his podcast. He's come to this church. I've never heard him say that before. What about giving? He does all that too. That's the spiritual side. Critical too. But see, here's somebody who's got some things working on the natural side in conjunction with what he's doing spiritually. Amen. Amen? Then he says this, Because of increasing lifespans, which we're grateful for, many people are outliving their money. People need a storehouse plan now. I wonder, do you have one? You say, well, I'm just 20. You're going to be 40, like blink, blink. You say, well, I'm just 40. Then you're going to be 60. You know how this works. I mean, time is just flying by. Then he says this. Pay off what you owe as quickly as possible. Then take that money and invest it. He didn't say buying a more expensive car. Right? Amen. Amen. Many need to change their circumstances by changing their lifestyle. Now, Amber and I, we made this mistake very early on. We tried to do something spiritual to cover. So, you know, when we were both working, no problem. We had plenty of money. We bought a brand new home, not huge, but a brand new home. Moved into it, able to furnish it, uh, put new appliances in it. And all of that. But when faith came along, Mama decided to be Mama and not a moneymaker. And uh, so she waved at me and says, have fun making money. Well, that put us in a deficit, $500 a month every month. Every single month. And so I remember sitting on the couch in our living room, and we, we looked up our budget. And okay, you know, we're not talking about changing our lifestyle. That's not the option. We, our thing was, we said to each other, you got faith for 500? Yeah, I think I do. Uh, do I have faith for high? Yeah, I think we do. Pray and be in agreement, and it didn't come to pass. Now listen, faith works if you have faith developed for that. But the first, first month showed we did not have our faith developed for that. And then month after month. So we lived, I don't know how long, couple of years going $500 a month in the hole every month and with every passing month the stress right the anxiety the pressure then I'm doing all this stuff I decide okay I'm being in the ministry my pastor's a workaholic but somehow or another, I'm going to burn the midnight oil. I'm going to start a painting business. So I did that. And then I'm going to start a mowing business. And then I did that. And I'm just breaking down my mind, breaking down my body. You know what I needed to do? Lower my expenses. You know what that would have meant? Instead of showing up in my nice truck, coming to church in my not-so-nice truck, Humbling myself, lowering my expense, changing my lifestyle to fit my new financial reality. But we were too proud. We thought we could make up for that bad decision by being spiritual. 
And it would have been fine if the money showed up. But it didn't. And we just compounded our problem, right? What he's saying here is sometimes you need to be sober about where your faith is. Amen. And if you need to, humble yourself and change your lifestyle so that you're not spending more than you're bringing in. Amen. Some people, God will lead to take a step down so that they can take a step up. Yeah. Amen. People need to get their spending under control. I went over like a day. Okay. Amen. They need to free up income. Now, some people, well, I don't have any seed to sow. You do. You just tied up all your seed in payments. So maybe you need to untangle some stuff, sell some stuff, so that you can have some income freed up, so that when you come to church that Sunday, you have something you can give. Amen. You need to work to pay off your high interest credit cards, and you need to start a savings account. Amen. All right, praise God. Now here's 12 practical steps that Dr. Seville gives in his book about escaping the debt trap. And if you want these notes, we can copy them, whatever. Number one, it's been said that the number one key to becoming financially stable is to understand why you're financially unstable. Right? Confront the brutal facts. Amen? Number two, learn from your past mistakes and stop repeating them. God helps you get that credit card paid off. And then you're right back at the store, baby. Don't do it anymore. Stop that. Number three, don't compromise your conviction. That means follow your conscience. Number four, practice discipline. There's a word we all love. Number five, reduce your spending. Most people, when they get a raise, what do they do? They, they, they obligate themselves more. You know? And listen, here's what, here's what I would do. Now, nobody should look around to someone else, especially me, and, and judge anyone. Right? Uh, I don't know how you all fund your stuff, and you don't know how I fund mine. So, you know, we just stay out of each other's business. But, you know, in talking about principles, what I have decided to do is I'm not taking on any more debt unless I pray Amen. And, I, and the Holy Ghost gives me a thumbs up. Amen. Now, when we refinanced this property in 2021, uh, I knew, you know, based on how things were going, that we were going to get a new administration. And I'm not, I'm not making judgments, but I just kind of knew that the difference in policies and the way the economy would go has kind of gone the way I predicted that it would. And I brought up with the board. You know, we've got this opportunity to cash out some money to finish the building, but that means adding on a little bit of extra debt than we would normally have, you know, if I just refinanced the note as it was. And, uh, but I got good counsel. I submitted that to my board. We all prayed about it. I prayed about it. My wife prayed about it. And God kept saying to me, listen, you're good, you're safe, this is a great... And we just, even the business of it looked like a great deal. Then our payment didn't change, but like, what, $100 a month? Went down $100 a month. So it, didn't, it was a benefit to our cash flow. I had peace about it and it just worked like a charm. Praise God. Amen. Amen. But I'm not taking on any more debt. 
Amen. And one thing that's over in my life is I'm not buying shoes on a credit card and I don't have money paid off at the end of the month. I'm just not. i got enough shoes in my closet. I'll polish them if I have to. But I'm just not doing that anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll sit and rip the recliner until I can pay cash for another one. Because I'm trying to learn from previous mistakes. Amen. So practice discipline number five said uh, reduce spending. Number six is increase savings. Put some stuff away. Amen. Number seven, get rid of the spend now, pay later mentality. And society's made that real easy, right? Easy access to credit, you know. Six months, no pay, and la 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 la, and all that. And all the different, uh, come get your paycheck, you know, Ten days early, and man, if you miss that, you're you are there. Those 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 people, those cash loan people, they are they are sharks. They're coming for you, with clubs. Amen. That's just what I've heard. I, I don't do that, but anyway. But we've got to learn to delay present moment gratification for a future day of blessing. Got to be able to say, I don't have to have that today. I don't have to have that today. Amen. Number eight, look to God as your source and not the institutions that man has built. I really like that. Amen. Number nine, make the quality decision. I love this. If faith can't produce it, I don't need it. Why don't we use the opportunity to use our faith to pay cash for a new TV instead of paying 19% interest on that retailer credit card? Amen? I don't want to not be able to be funding and sowing into what God is wanting to do in this last hour of the church because my money's going to pay interest on a new TV. We need to think about this stuff. You want a TV? You know, fine. God, we all want a TV, right? Amen. And you know, we don't have to have the newest iPhone the moment it comes out. Those iPhones work a lot longer than most people think they do. Amen. I saw someone not too long ago with a 7. I thought, man, you'd have to go to the Smithsonian to see one of those. Is that a working 7? Wow. We are... No, we're not recording this, right? About the iPhone. No, because I'm getting the new iPhone when it comes out. Because I have money. Okay. Hey, listen, I'm just preaching. I'm just preaching. <laughs> I'm gonna re- you need to remember this next time that some makeup deal comes out. You know, that's what you need. Some exotic, you know, bean seed you need to order from Africa for our garden, you know. Or something, something. You know, and they sell tomato seeds at Lowe's for 59 cents. So. We're just talking about our marriage here. So I'll just forget it. What was my last point before she got me off? Number nine, make a quality decision. If my faith can't produce it, then I don't need it. Amen. Says so swiping the card, go home, feed yourself on the word. Yeah. You know, if we let God produce our stuff for us, we'll have a testimony. Yeah. 
instead of Visa and American Express, getting the testimony about why we have what we have. Amen. Number 10, we should always remember that what we compromise to get, we eventually lose. We shouldn't compromise our integrity and uh, we shouldn't be driving the Lord's tithe. We shouldn't be watching the Lord's tithe. We shouldn't be going on vacation on the Lord's tithe. The Lord's tithe belongs to the Lord. That's right. Amen. And I've, I've watched others in family and doing things, and they bought things, do things, have that, and whatever. But, I, you know, I don't care. The Lord always makes it up to me. I wouldn't trade my life for anybody anyway, but I'm going to put the house of God first because one day I'm going to stand before the Lord. Amen. Number 11, uh, Dr. Savell says, develop patience and don't be impulsive. Amen. Develop patience, don't be impulsive. And number 12, never stop sowing. Never stop giving. Amen. So like I said, we can get copies of this to you and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, praise God. Let's close over in 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4. But... uh, I heard Dr. Seville on a message today say that um, statistics show that um, Americans 30 and under, not counting their mortgage, are $65,000 in debt on average. Young people under, young people under 30. Amen? People approaching 60, not including their mortgage, are carrying over $135,000 in debt. That's not including their house at the age of 60. America is, and the world is in a massive debt crisis. I mean, the national debt on America, people were freaking out when it was about to turn $19 trillion. It's almost $30 trillion just a few years later. We had one president. I'm not, it's both presidents. I mean, every party, it's not picking on parties. But we had one president not long ago that spent more in his term than all the other presidents since our nation's founding put together in eight years. And, and people think we can just print and stimulus and give me my check without without consequence and listen the gravy train is going to end sometime ask venezuela ask germany ask the soviet union ask every other nation that's done this we're not that special that's right amen and it's it's just wise and important in this day that you have reducing debt and increasing savings in this day and hour that we're living in Amber and I, we're still buying, we're still improving, we're still doing stuff the house. I mean, we're living, but we're in, I'm endeavoring to pray and, and to have discernment. And, but praise God, you know, we've finally got this done. I don't have any credit card debt anymore. There's a lot of other debt we got paid off. And every week, our, you know, we get richer every week. Amen. We've increased our giving. We've increased partnership with different ministries. Amen. 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 
So praise God. 2 Kings chapter 4. And uh, I want to close tonight by uh, encouraging us all that God will move in a divine, miraculous, supernatural way to help us with our debt. Amen. Amen. In verse 1 it says, Now there cried a certain woman. Notice what debt will make you do to make you cry. I mean, it's not, you read a little bit more of this lady's story, we won't be laughing. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that, my ser- that your servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come. Yeah. The creditor is come. To take, him my two son, to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen or to be slaves. You want to talk about, they didn't, back then, they didn't send threatening letters. They didn't nag you with phone calls. They just came and they took your children, they took your sons and they would just enslave them and put them in the field and work them, take all your stuff until you paid what you owed. So you think about what this woman is going through. You know, uh, apparently this husband was a man of God. He feared God. He was in the school of the prophets. He was training to be a minister. He's in good standing under Elisha. And, uh, and now she's come, but he's died. He died and left her in extreme debt. Amen. Listen, husbands, single moms, listen. Don't die and go to glory and leave your family in extreme debt. You don't even need to have God do a miracle for her or your children. There is this little thing called life insurance. Y'all ever heard of that? Every one of you, amen, that's not, you know, past, you know, proper age where it just gets exorbitantly, whatever, you should have life insurance. We have people in our church that work for financial institutions that sell life insurance, like Wade and Danielle Stevens. Or my spiritual son, Pastor Richard, works for a good company. Provides you all kinds of options. Or just get out there and find somebody you like. Amen? I didn't think I had enough on my wife, so I got some more. (laughs) That's just true. We just signed the deal. Amen. But especially, guys, if if you're the one God's using to bring in most of the money... You need to leave her, amen, with no debt. Get the house paid off. Get all the cars paid off. Have enough life insurance left over. Put something in the college fund. Amen. So that she cries a few fewer tears at your funeral. Just have some sense about you. I'm telling you, tomorrow, put it on your to-do list. If you don't have life insurance, Jerry, you need to go get you some. It's a term life insurance policy. Go to select quote. I expect a finder's fee or a commission or something. <laughs> Amen. Listen, I'm a faith guy, but Brett will tell you. My staff will tell you. I believe in insurance. Well, you don't believe God will come through? What if I miss God? What if you miss God? That's why I have, it's not because I think God will fail, but if I miss God and end up in heaven early, then this ministry's 
eight, this ministry gets a boon. This ministry gets a windfall. This, you know, and my wife, my children could be taken care of. What is, what is $50 a month? I mean, that's, that's a, bare bones, a bare bones meal at Rafferty's before tip for two people these days. And yet you really help yourself out, Caden. I'm telling you, amen. I know you're young. It'd be really cheap. Amen. People stressing over how to, you know, I'm just going to, you may not believe in cremation. Would you burn your body? It's cheaper. You know, you need to have this stuff worked out. I'm not sorry. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Get yourself some life insurance. All right. Praise God. Let's keep reading. Verse 2. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. You know, most of the orphans, or a great percentage of them, I understand that are at the orphanage in India that we support, help support. They're, uh, the mom's alive, but the dad has died or left. And so the mom will come to church a lot of times on Sunday, and she'll come during the week and visit, but she is destitute. She has no money. See, he, he left them with nothing. Amen. And so you imagine, this still happens today. Different form, but here's a mother, these mothers giving up their children to the orphanage in India. Thank God it's there. Amen. Because of this poverty issue. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, so in verse 3 it says, Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all your neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when you are come in, you shall shut the door upon you and upon your sons, and you shall pour out into all those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door uh, upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And her son said to her, There is not a vessel more and the oil stayed. Now that's, you get the miracle. She has this little bottle or this little drum of oil and they borrowed every vessel in town. Amen. And she just starts pouring and she didn't get to the bottom. And so she filled up this one and that one and this one and that one until all the vessels were full. She can't fill anymore. This is a creative miracle from God. Amen. And when they ran out of capacity, the oil stopped flowing. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil. Amen. This could be a great title of my message tonight. I don't know. Pay thy debt. If we have a debt, notice God didn't work it out so they just skipped out on the debt. Amen. Pay the debt, and then you and your sons go and live on the rest. Hallelujah. I wanted to leave you with that tonight because, see, uh, of course, this was a terrible crisis moment. Uh, in their life financially, but notice the mercy of God. Notice the power of God. God's ability, amen, to deliver her from an impossible situation. She went from, I mean, I'm losing my kids over this debt in a moment to having no debt and money in the bank to live on. 
in less than a day. Come on. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand up tonight? And uh, I I encourage you. I don't know how the Lord would lead you, but you might write your debt down, uh, you know, and put it on your mirror, stick it in your Bible. And uh, but uh, in Deuteronomy 28, it says that God will smite our enemies. Amen. And debt and lack and want that's too extreme, that's putting pressure on us, that's limiting us, it's a, it's, a, it's a captive thing to us, amen, then that's an enemy to your life. That's an enemy to your family. That's an enemy and a threat to the plan of God for your life and your own well-being. And God will smite that debt. That debt come in one way and God will make it boogie seven different ways. Amen. But let's show God that we're willing to do what we need to do to make some natural steps and some natural changes To demonstrate to Him that on the other side of the miracle, we're not going to go back to the same condition we were because of our thinking and our habits. Let's do the natural and be good stewards and take steps and have wisdom. Amen? And then let's believe God for miracles in the area of debt cancellation. Amen? Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just...